0: Welcome to the Pretty and Purpose Podcast, where we remind you that your pretty is beyond what the eyes can see, and your purpose is your ultimate destiny. We must fix each other's crowns, because sometimes, girl, they be raggedy. <laughs> this is Celeste. Maya. And this is Jess. Hey, posse. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, Celeste, you not going to give us a song this season? No, no, no. All right. It. <laughs> I'm <chilling> this season? <laughs> so last week we talked about protecting black women if you have not listened to that episode make sure you listen um we dropped some gems on the episode about um protecting ourselves and also just the role of society and what we expect and other people protecting us absolutely have you women felt protected this week do you have any shining examples of that A shining <laughs> examples Yes, I know it's a little difficult. We talked about that last week, how we don't really feel protected. <laughs> um, I think for me, when we talked about, well, I talked about um, making up your mind every day and you know, its just starting with you and what you will allow and what you will take and what you will take on. Um, that's a way to protect your mental health, protect your sanity. And I feel like I've been trying to balance more this week because literally this working from home like I enjoy being able to not have have to put on clothes every day but I'm literally in front of the computer like from morning to night doing work from one of my two jobs or doing graphic design work or something like I'm always in front of the computer so I've learned like I have to take breaks and have some me time throughout the day yeah. I feel you on that. I was That's something that I was struggling with at the beginning of the quarantine because I didn't know how to adjust. And so now I'm to the point where I'm like, you know what? If I need to take this hour break in midday, then I'm going to take it because I know that I work long hours and I'm up early in the morning doing work and I fall asleep in my laptop during work. So, oh, no, no, so I'm going to take these breaks. see my phone going off now (laughs) yeah so it's i mean it's definitely important that you know if no one else is protecting us we at least protect ourselves so that we can be mentally stable to get through all the craziness Mm -hmm. Um, and speaking of craziness well i won't go into it just yet um but we'll talk about it during our royal moment so our royal moment is a time where we salute some queens doing some amazing things. Um, this royal moment, though, I want to shout out everybody, um, women and men who are using their social media platforms or their influential statuses to make people more informed about this end SARS movement. So I had no idea what it was at first. I saw a lot of people posting about it. And a lot of people posting about Nigeria, and immediately I thought that it was an outbreak of the disease right. SARS. That's I thought up it up. was as well. I was like, okay, and SARS. Okay, this is a good movement. Okay, right, can... like okay, yeah. COVID. Now SARS has happened. Like that's what I was right. thinking. right. And then, as I just... a matter of fact, when I googled it, you know how Google like auto-populates some of the searches. Yeah. So when I put "what is SARS," it said COVID. 20 beside it. So, I guess like there are other people who are trying to Google what it is, thinking that it's a type of COVID or another type of disease. So, for those of you who don't know what SARS is, SARS actually stands for Special Anti Robbery Squad. Um, And pretty much it was an organization established in Nigeria in 1992 to protect citizens um, against armed robbery. Armed robbery was, I guess, happening heavily then and so they came together to kind of stop that but now they're using their power um to pretty much wreak havoc on the innocent citizens of nigeria which is sick it sounds like it's like a sub like a portion of the police department or something like a subgroup of the police department it is so it's like a, a special task force that was dedicated to ending the crime that they had going on but now they're just abusing their power um, but in reading about this, it just goes to show like the police brutality is happening everywhere, unfortunately. Across the world. Uh, right. So yeah, that's crazy. One, um, but two, you know, the people of Nigeria are so I saw like Saweetie, she interviewed a Nigerian singer who thinks it's so important for the word to be spread through social media so more people can know about it. So um more, something can be done. I'm not even sure what, what the expected outcome is. Um, but I think that raising more awareness, people knowing more, those who can do something will hopefully do something. I mean, I did read that since, um, since I guess this kind of hit the limelight that the police department has since dismantled that, um, that group. So, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll begin to see some change. Um, and hopefully these, folks don't just go rogue and start just acting on their own. Right. I think it's huge that with people with large platforms use their voice and their audience to get the word out. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely um, important. And I think just the way society is right now with all of the movements, um, with all of the social injustices and things like that, like people are just more aware, people care more. Um, So not that any time is a good time for it to happen. But I think amidst everything that's going on like people will actually uh think that it's important yeah yeah all right so shout out to all the people who are just shedding light on it even other podcasters you know just people who are talking about it just making people more aware about what's going on so that action that can um be taken gets taken all right so from here we are going to move into our sis second And our sixth second is a time where we fix those raggedy, raggedy, raggedy raggedy crowns um, that we see around town. So Jess, what do you have for us today? Okay, so I'm about to fix two raggedy crowns because you know how you just listen to music and... You know, the song, the beat might be good. You bopping your head. You're like, oh, that's a nice song. And then the next song comes on. You are still in a good mood. And you start tuning into the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, yeah, wait a minute. What am I really listening to? Exactly. So today's bro second. Oh, goes... we going bro this time. We going bro. Two bros. Two bros. Okay. Today's bro second goes to Young Thug and Chris Brown because <laughs> Chris Brown. <laughs> cause I'm listening to this little album that they got. It's a few songs on there, you know, some good bops. And this particular song comes on called She Bumped Her Head. And so, hey. <laughs> so the song comes on and it says, and I quote, my little shawty had bumped her head and I steady been whipping her. I said, now, come on now. Chris Breezy Brown, <laughs> you of all people cannot talk about whipping nobody. And here we go. So again, with protecting a black, black women. The <laughs> lack of protecting black women. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's only for black women, but it's women in general. Exactly. It was so bad that I stopped in my tracks. I was literally walking up the steps. I stopped walking. I said, let me Google these lyrics because I know (laughs) he didn't just say what I think he said. So I Google it and it says, I said he been whipping her." Now, on the lyrics, it has a a more promiscuous connotation. However, you just you cannot say this. Oh, you like just, there are just some things that you cannot say, and nobody's Googling the lyrics when they hear this in the car. And this is the message that you are putting out to society that your girl done bumped her head, and so you be whipping her? Really? I mean. People don't realize how active our subconscious is. Yeah, so exactly. You, out there, you might not even realize what you're saying, or you might even be saying the lyrics like what you say- what, what you read, just, but not really understanding what you're saying or realizing it but it's in your subconscious, right? It's processing that in your subconscious. So like that's, that's deep. And even, um, for younger kids, and I know people will say, well, they shouldn't be listening to it, but the reality is they hear it because people don't care what they, they do their children. And so it's like, okay, they hear it and then they may understand what some of those words mean. Like now as an adult, when I hear the lyrics of songs that I sung as a child, and I'm like, what? That's what that song says? Like it carries a new meaning now. So it's yeah. funny, Um, when I was a kid, that used to be my little hobby. I love music so much. So I Me would too, play, like press play and pause on the cassette tape and write down the lyrics to songs um or cd well ncd but um i would write down the lyrics to songs lord knows what kind of things i probably wrote you know even it it. innocent like swb <laughs> or escape or you know them kind of songs it might have sounded innocent but when you write it down and probably read it it probably wasn't too cool i would have loved to see what those lyrics said because if i wrote it down baby the words wouldn't be right at all <laughs> same here maya because i still sing the wrong lyrics <laughs> me too <laughs> me too First of all, I'm not writing any lyrics. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Celeste well, said going to be a pro at singing these songs. Right. But Celeste, the cassette tapes had the lyrics in the inside. Oh, it was a hobby. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I compared and contrasted my notes. I don't know. <laughs> That's don't the you Did I little, hear it right? Like these notes, you know, like the little journals that we have that we actually use for like real life situations now. I use that to write down my lyrics. I would love to see that journal today. <laughs> but nonetheless, the bro seconds go to Young Thug and Chris Brown. Chris Breezy Brown and Young Thug, you both get the bro second for putting out this song with these lyrics. Yeah, we got to go. do all to do better. Definitely. We need to do better. Like, why can't we empower people? Like, I, girl, don't. That's a whole nother episode. I ain't <laughs> even like that. And we and we're gonna get into why we can't empower people because you can't pour out what you don't even have in you, but uh who says, <laughs> says <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> because some of them don't even have it in them to pour out or no, like it was never instilled, but listen and let's, let's get it to our ready. <laughs> we ready, we ready. So we are talking about when that tank is on E. And when people are trying to pull things out of you that you don't have, or you're trying to get something out of somebody else, and they ain't got it for you either. Mm, mm. Come with it. Come with it. Okay. That's ready. Y'all ready for the journey. (laughs) Come with the journey. Okay. So on today's segment of Where Is Jess P., Now, Mayu, you have me feeling bad because I just gave them the bro second. And you're right. They might not have it in them to do any better. But don't feel bad, Jess? Because that—that's in society, we don't think about those things. We don't think about the other person, right? We think about that direct impact. So don't feel bad. Here we go. And that right there is the issue, though, because we have expectations of people. We have expectations of them that they can't fulfill because... They don't have the resources. They never learned the resources. They're not equipped to deal with these situations. Like people can only give you what their experiences have allotted them. So we're searching and asking them for something that they can't give us because they never had it within themselves. Right. And, and, and then one thing with that Jess is that a lot of times, so, okay, if you see someone who is handicapped, they're in a wheelchair, right? You're not expecting right. them to run because you can see that handicap. But when it's in that mental illness type range, you can't see it, but you're expecting something that's not there. Right? Absolutely. And, and that's and it's like, like mental illness, like just in general, our experiences in our lives shape who we are. So sure. if I'm talking to you about a certain situation that you've never experienced or whatever the situation may be, you're not gonna be able to give me good advice or pour into me or make me, help me be a better person because you've are you never been in those shoes. Absolutely. So people try to tell you what you should do, um, but you've never even been in my situation to know. So you don't even have the capability to be able to tell me. Right. Absolutely. So me going to therapy has put that into perspective for me. Oh child, can I, can I get a moment for therapy? <laughs> therapy is, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> Like people think that you have to be psychotic in order to need therapy. But it's so like, why can't we normalize that? Like, let's normalize that. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Therapy, everybody should go to therapy. I feel like we said that a million times before. But everybody, because there are some things, learned behaviors, like even in my situation, ways that I would react to stuff. I had no idea that it was learned behavior from things that didn't even start with me. It's generational.
1: Yes. Like once
0: I started talking about a situation that I was going through, I realized that's not my battle. Like here I am trying to cope with something that didn't even happen to me and it was passed down. So now I have these learned behaviors. <laughs> That I didn't know that I had mm. because Girl, hold somebody on. Hold else on. went okay. through some trauma. That's next week, right? That boom. That is next week. That is next week. You speak, you saying something right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cause, cause listen, therapy be like, I open up. Right. You'd be like, there you go. Wow. The you nugget. know that emoji where the guy is standing there like, oh, like, wow. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> So my therapist recommended this book called It Didn't Start With, I think it's called It Didn't Start With Me. Not quite sure on that title, but it's along those lines. And basically it's saying that the things that I go through, how I react, all these learned behaviors are passed down from my mother who got these from her mother, who got these from maybe one of her parents or something that she went through. But either way, because of that, like when I'm dating people, I ask them, "Were you raised on love or raised on survival?" Because a lot of people don't know how to love, and so we have these expectations of them that they're going to love us, they're going to do all these things, and they can't fulfill that because they never learned, they never received it. So, but why of- do I have these expectations of you to give me something? So defi- define that for me, Jess. So when you say raised on love, that means like a caring, loving household versus raised on survival. Like we just, your family just went through, through the motions of raising you, but they never really poured into you and showed you love and experiences. Is that what you, is that the definition? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And I ask that question not to discount people, but to see what I'm working with. Because if you weren't raised on love, you don't, you might not have that affection. You might not know how to give it. You might not know how to receive it. Oh, honey, I just okay. got chilled. <laughs> like, I just wonder what the guy, they probably looking like never thought about that's that. But because, because then again, you got to think about the perception, right? Even if they were raised on survival, it's like, but my mom did everything that she could, you know, and so they saw that as love, right? So it, right. it was a type of love for them. Mm, right. So that's a good point. So the last guy that I asked, were you raised on love or were you raised on survival? He said, I don't, I don't know. I guess I was raised on survival. Like there's love. I know my parents love me, but right I don't know. But as I got to know him, I realized he was very much raised on survival. There was no affection in that household. No shade, sweet pea if you listen to this no shade but you were not raised on love honey (laughs) right but i think that's a huge it's not even that you have to like once they say oh i was raised on survival you say up no next i can't deal with that that's something that's an opportunity for growth exactly like you just pointed out i have literally never thought about that and as i'm processing my own answer you know, I think it's somewhere in between. I feel like, for me personally, there was a whole lot of love in my household, but there was a lot of times of survival, and so that's like something. about the subconscious is things that it's a learned behavior, something that maybe I need to take a look at and say, okay, I don't want to raise my family on survival. So I know it's Absolutely. times that things get rough, and you know, you might have to, you got to turn on that survival switch because that's the only way we're gonna get through this, or whatever, you know, whatever you're dealing with, but. Remembering that you it should be like a 90 10 like you should be raised on raising your family on love with you know more so than survival. Well, I think it should be 50 50, at least. Like, either way, there should be both. However, let me throw the disclaimer back out there I'm not using this question to discount people, but more so to see what I'm working with because, again, there is an opportunity there. Because if you tell me, Hey, it, it was strictly survival like i already know going in that we might have some challenges in this particular area right well it's um, an opportunity for growth go ahead oh so yeah so <laughs> i was about to say that because you know sometimes people are resistant to it sometimes people are set in their ways right so then it becomes a thing of you're trying to change me or um you spend so much time trying to show that person how you want to be loved or how to love you that they then become someone different or they feel like they're not being their authentic selves. But some people may be accepting of it and and like, you know, actually enjoy it. So that can definitely be tough when it mm-hmm. comes to relationships. Definitely, which is why I use it as a, as a measure of, what i have to work with (laughs) because then just that means you have to pour out even more to them you know if it's more of the survival thing it's like now i have to show you love but at the same time as you're showing them love and they're not showing you you're depleting it's depleting from you absolutely (laughs) Mm, which is why if i'm continuing to pour into you i have nothing else to give like you you gotta pour back in sweetie yep yep and yeah but Maya you brought up a point like people some people are stuck in their ways and people don't even know some of the issues that they're faced with because they have learned behaviors and they've always been taught to operate the way like 32 years old, and I've always been doing x y z one way and then I've realized this is the wrong way because Something happened down a generational line and now I have to correct it and grow from it. And I think a lot of people miss the opportunity to grow from it because they don't realize that they have these learned behaviors, which is why therapy works. But also it is a lot of work. Like it it is is work. People have to consciously make the decision to say, okay, well, first you have to identify that this is a issue, this is a generational issue. And then once you identify it, then you have to decide, okay, do I wanna deal with this? Do I wanna change this? Or do I just wanna let it keep going like it has been through the family, you know, through your generations. And if you cho- choose that you wanna change it, you have to put in the work. Cause like you said, it's it's ingrained in you, like on a cellular level. In the people. DNA, yes. yes. So it's like it's work. It, it's 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 a lot of dedication and work and needs require definitely requires some therapy. It's it's I will say it is definitely work. <laughs> and the last conversation that I had with my therapist, I was like, um, this is a lot of work, and I feel like I'm the sacrificial lamb. And what he said right, to why me is a responsibility to fix something that has been going on for generations. Exactly. He said, I'm gonna just be honest with you. When you're the first, it's always tough, and you're the first person to want to fix these generational issues in your family. So you gotta bear the brunt at least right now, so that you can stop everything that's going on and not pass it down to your kids. Right. But but (laughs) now I feel drained because I'm like I gotta save this family. (laughs) (laughs) But just just imagine how many people don't do that, right? So how much people. A carrying that doesn't even, you know, belong to them. And so when you're trying to pour into someone else, you know, you can also be pouring in toxins. Right. True. So it's not always the the positive things that you're pouring in, but you're pouring in the, these things that have infected me and I haven't gotten a fixed. So now I'm infecting you with them and then you're infecting someone else with them. Like it's crazy. Yes, come that on, so CB true. secret. Come on, CB secret. Drakkin <laughs> at the gym. Oh my bad. <laughs> so I mean, for instance, though, because I realized once I started trying to fix things, <laughs> I started noticing like things around me. For instance, my mom has short patience. I know I talk about her all the time, but her short patience, like I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, she just, you know, she's a little impatient. I'm more patient than she is. That's just what it is. I noticed that my brother, he's like, I think he was trying to upload something onto a computer or something, but he's yelling at the computer. And I'm like, wow, I wonder where he gets that from. Hmm." And then my nephew, I'm talking to my nephew, he's getting mad at the video game. And I'm like, huh, now that came from his father, which came from his mother. and I just like things that we really don't pay attention to. It's just, you see how it passes down via generation. And if my nephew doesn't do anything to fix it, he's going to pass that down to his kids as well. Right. But it's so hard to charge the kid with, you know, it's, it's so hard, but I feel like just making that change in your life, and showing him, you know, to have more patience and to not get so angry and to bring it down a notch. That's the beginning of, you know, the healing process or the, or the breaking the generational curse. Cause I have relatives who are uh, not so happy people. And <laughs> I've learned that I went on a track of unhappiness as well, but then I realized, okay, no, like you cannot, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be happy in life and love your life because you only give one. So, I have made a conscious effort to spread happiness and love instead of negativity and unhappiness. Absolutely. And it starts with yourself. So, it does. Yeah. It starts with us. But here's the issue, right? So, we have to fix all these things within ourselves, but yet we're still expected to fix other people. So what happens when you don't have it to give other people because you're depleted trying to fix them already. So what's the solution for that. Pouring from an empty cup. Yep, you can't pour from an empty cup. So my solution here is to work on yourselves. Go ahead and mind your business. Let them do them. You do you sis and bro, but you gotta fill your cup up right before you can pour because you can't pour from an empty cup so that was a wonderful transition <laughs> yeah let's hear some of these cv secrets about uh filling these empty cups so on today's segment of cv secrets i'm gonna give three points so the first one being kind of with Jess, what you were alluding to was how you need to protect your energy energy is like we learned in thermodynamics <clears throat> I didn't take thermodynamics, but that's the theory of the first law of thermodynamics is that energy is always conserved. It cannot be created or destroyed, only converted from one form to another or transferred. So when you have negativity, when you're unhappy with yourself, you're transferring that energy over to other people. Right. And so you you're you're giving all of this energy off to other people and that's what you're going to get back. Because that's what you're giving off to the universe and to the, whatever you want to call it, of people around you. So protecting your energy is important and improving your energy. So giving off positive vibes because that's what you're going to get back. It's really like a mirror. They say the issues that you uh, portray to other people are really your own issues. So this is sort of an, an, an analogy. My dad always says the camera only takes a picture of what it sees. So it's basically the same concept. You're only going to receive what you're putting out. Yep. True. That is true. Absolutely. All right. So the second key piece is what we're putting into our bodies physically. Because if you are not nourishing yourself properly, if you're not pouring into yourself as far as you know whatever your spiritual beliefs are, or if you want to meditate or exercise, whatever your sort of energy is, or what you need to get back in, You need to be pouring into yourself and and also getting rid of the toxic things at the same time. So physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all of that, pouring in the good and getting rid of all of the bad. Um, And then lastly, I say all that to say that myself as being a health coach. I cannot continue to encourage other people to live a healthy lifestyle. Oh, don't eat this kind of food. You need to be exercising every, you know, 30 minutes every day. Um, you need to be doing A, B, C, and D, whatever it is. But I'm not living that same lifestyle. I'm not doing the same things that I'm telling other people they need to do. So here I am pouring from a, a raggedy cup at times. My, t- my cup be raggedy. I can't pour in a raggedy cup into like I'm just pouring raggediness because I, I'm not living the same. I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. Mm, so All like, right, Barry white that like hit the nail on the head because there's like things that I've wanted to do um, that I have put a pause on in my life because I feel like if this isn't what I kind of believe in anymore, or if this isn't what I'm living out anymore, like how can I then you know, maybe at one point I believed in it. Um, but now I don't anymore, or maybe I'm stuck in the middle. So then I just put myself and whatever that is on pause, because it's like, I can't pour into someone if I'm not believing in it anymore. Or I can't, you know, give it right. about something that I no longer believe in. And so then I kind of get stuck in a place of, well, what should I do? I, I want to feel this way, but I don't feel this way anymore. Is it because of a situation or a circumstance or whatever that's, that I should be looking at differently or that I should be handling differently. And then, you know, my perception will be different. But while I'm in a space of, yeah, I'm not really with that anymore, or yeah, I'm not really doing that. I can't, you know, tell other people to do it. Or, yeah, this didn't work out for me, so I can no longer be an advocate for it. You know, it's like, ah, I kind of stuck yeah. in the middle. Between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, conserving your energy, creating positive vibes and giving off positive vibes to others, Um, you know, putting in the good in whatever, in whatever form, be it your nutrition, your, your spirituality or whatever you, whatever, um, putting in the good and detoxing the bad out. Detoxing is not just on a cellular level, it's detoxing. You can detox all kinds of things because I detox that ratchet TV right on out my life because again, <laughs> you pouring in ratchetness and then expect positivity. Like it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then, um, you know, just practicing what you preach and and doing doing what you are expecting others to do unto you. But then at the same time, you can't really have expectations of others because you can't control nobody else but yourself. True you can put out all the positive energy you want. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's required that other people like you, you're right. You shouldn't expect that. Oh, I'm, I'm positive. I'm doing good. I'm just and a third and think that everyone is going to give the same back. That is the vibes that you're giving off, but Mm -hmm. not everybody is in the space to receive that energy and to receive, um, you know, positivity in that way. And I'm finding that. When you're positive and you have joy in your heart and you give it to people, some people, they can't receive. I don't know if their cup is filled with the wrong Ooh, things. They, they are not able to receive it. And so they're trying to uh knock their cup over towards you to knock down your spirit. And it's like, you know what? I ain't need, I'm i not receiving that. Okay. That's called <laughs> misery. That's called misery herself because I have I have a relative who is that way. You can be the kindest, sweetest, nicest person to them, and they just like are uh, determined to be negative and nasty. And it's like, well, yeah, what, why? Oh, I said, but well, you know, like it doesn't even make sense. So that's just misery, in my opinion. So all right, Maya, take it away. All right. Well, now it is time for Maya's motivational moment. When your cup is running dry God's well runs deep to overflow your supply so just as humans in general, we have um, an inborn need to feel loved, right like we just want to feel loved, And it, it varies on different levels right some people may want to feel it more than others, um, some people may already feel it more than others, but if we aren't tapping into our main source of love, our creator, our God, to fill our hearts and our spirits, then our human nature decides to get it filled in other ways. So we look to our spouse to fill it. We look to our children or our jobs or validation or social media or whatever the outlet is to get that inner feeling of love when you're feeling empty. But um, anything aside from the love that God has for us will fall short of satisfying it right so like when we if we can think about children um and think about your relationship with your parent like if you could think of for the most part hopefully those uh, people just yes, who were um raised in love right <laughs> they think about like who in my life has shown me the most love right most of the time it's your parent because they you know gave birth to you so that's a love like no other and so when God puts us in this world, like that's a love, like no other, like he created us, like we should be able to go to I'm him. sorry, did you say you look to a parent for, for the love? A lot of times children look to their parent. like they get love, receive love from your parents. No, So well, let me just say that sometimes you can't even look to those people, <laughs> but that's what I, so the whole point is. That's why you got to go to God above anybody else. Right. But typically a child will go to their parent because they know that's who loves them. God is our father. So I was trying to give that analogy. But even in the human realm, right, even our parents could sometimes, you know, disappoint us and things like that. So um, when we are feeling empty, you know, instead of running to other sources because we don't know what people are pouring into us right for like you said you know it could even be your spouse it could be um your parent your family your best friend you don't know how they were filled that day right right, or how they've been filled all their lives right but you're going to them to pour into you when god who created you knows exactly what you need for you to be filled you better preach that sis so like if you're having a bad day and well, if your friend is having a bad day and you come to them for some advice about something and they, they might say, Oh, you need to do, you know, the, the response might be totally different because of what is in their cup, what their yep. cup is full of. Them. Yep. They're, uh-huh. yep, what they're experiencing. Now they project it on you. Um, That goes into the whole, if I'm not living it, I shouldn't be trying to preach it to someone else because now my view of it is tainted. So what I'm pouring into uh-huh. you is only based on my experience uh-huh. and not maybe what the truth is. And so then I want to move into oh, I'm sorry Jess come on. Uh, well I was just going to say that that goes for any like advice information at all. You have to remember that people can only give advice based on their experiences. So you always have to take it with a grain of salt because yeah. you don't know their level of experience with the situation cuz I know a lot of people go to their friends or anyone in general to look for validation on a decision that they want to make but you have to remember that person is not in your shoes exactly um and so when we when we think about like you know our friends or even our spouses so you know when you're married or even dating like most often you'll go to that person for advice or you know just to talk things through and a lot of times we look for our spouses to fill us um and most Christians reference, you know, that the man should be the head and the wife should submit. A lot of women had problems with the word submit, but I don't have a problem with the term submitting as long as the man is submitting to God, right? So that means that God is pouring into you and then that way you're pouring into me, right? But I'm not just submitting to a man who doing whatever because now I don't know what's filling your cup and that uh-huh. you kind of want to me. Like, no, we're not doing that. So, I think that um it's important you know, to know how whoever's supposed to be filling you or whoever you want to fill you, you know, if you're not seeking God to fill you, like what is in them that they're pouring into you? My new dating question, what's in your cup? Yeah, what's in your cup, bruh? Like, no, you who, filled your, who filled your cup or what's your cup? Who fills it? That's the main question, right? You know, I think that everybody should definitely be building their own relationship with god you know so that he can fill you because in those times where you feel like you have absolutely no one or you may feel alone like you you need somebody something to tap into and um i also think that learning your love language and learning your spouse's love language helps in the filling process if you will right so i do think that there should be some sense of fulfillment when you're in a relationship, but I don't think that you should allow on the person for total fulfillment. And so learning that love language, um, I could be pouring all my love to you in a way that I feel love, but that may not be your love language. So you still feel empty because the way I'm feeling it, it's like, wait, no, I don't, I don't receive it that way. Like I need it, you know, another way. So I think that that's also important in knowing how to, you know, feel one another. I mean, even still, you can pour all you want to using their particular love language, but if you're not tapped into the eternal source or they're not tapped into the eternal Uh. source, they'll never be fulfilled. That is so true. (laughs) Just like they say, you shouldn't allow, uh, no one else should complete you. You should be, you should come complete already. You should be able to, no one else should have to complete you basically. So you have to be, have a source of, pouring in or whatever the word is you have to have something to pour into you other than another person exactly exactly relying on another person to pour into you is dangerous if you're not doing what's necessary to pour into your pour into yourself so whether that's you know of course like we say tapping into the eternal source tapping into god but also doing therapy to get that self-evaluation to see like why is this happening anyway like what's going on with me like it's really important to make sure that you're pouring into a clean cup right don't you know dirty cu- like we gotta clean it out <laughs> we gotta clean it out sometimes we to be raggedy no more raggedy <laughs> <laughs> no more raggedy <laughs> the, another aspect of giving what you you don't even have um Celeste when we were on our way to do the photo shoot um I think a squeegee boy came up to the car and asked about change. And you mentioned, like, it's a change shortage anyway. Like, if I had change, like, I'm probably not going to give up my change. And then um, <laughs> I went to. No, I said it to you. I didn't say that to the boy. Yeah, yeah, you said it to me about I it. I was to, so, to say okay. now, Celeste. I want to clarify because, you know, I don't want nobody thinking I'm out here wilding out the squeegee boys now, okay? No, so, that's about to get canceled. I told him I ain't have none of it. And then I made a comment to you like, bruh, it's a coin shortage. <laughs> right. But, okay, Uh, so the other day, um, my coworker and I had a meeting at Panera. And when we were leaving, um, it was a homeless um, woman asking for a change. And he actually told her, it's a change shortage. So if I did have change, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, sure she said well I take she said yeah I never thought about that but I take bills too so that was funny but I just say that to say you know even in those aspects right where there's a person in need that's asking for something like sometimes we don't always have to feel bad for not giving if we don't have it come through analogy come (laughs) through you don't always have to feel feel bad um You know, and it's like, okay, yeah, I do have a dollar, but I plan to spend this dollar in this way. It's okay. It's okay. You know, the last piece I was going to say is that when we don't take time for ourselves throughout the day, like, and we're just drained from working or whatever, we just can't give, you know, to people as they deserve. Like, Celeste, I'm sure that if you've been working all day and then come home and Ronan like needs all your attention and stuff, you probably can't give him all that you would have if you hadn't been drained, you know, drained from work and things like that. So I think it's definitely important for us to find what can give us that quick boost, what can give us that quick refill. If it's Just taking a walk and getting fresh air, making sure that you eat, making sure that you have enough sleep, all those things to help fill you up so that you can have what you need to give, give to the people that love you and do what you need to do for the day. But it's also a choice. It's a conscious, everything we do is a conscious decision. So what I have done, if I'm having a bad day, I got a headache. I feel, you know, I didn't eat junk all day. I did not exercise and I feel lousy. And here come Ronan. Living his best life, happy <laughs> and jumping at, you know—it's not fair to him for me to give him the little five percent of me because I gave ninety-five percent of me to everybody else, to my job, to whatever. It's not fair to him. So I, tr- especially with with my son, I try to consciously say, "Okay, Celeste, get yourself together," because Ronan deserves a hundred percent of you at all times. Now, I can't say that everybody get that. But my son gets 100% of me. Like, even when I'm, like, done, I'm over it. Like, he done did something crazy. And I'm like, whoo, child. I still say, you know what? He de- he deserves 100% of me. So, so it's conscious decision. What percent does Celeste get? Oh, Celeste don't get much, honey, because it ain't never much left over. <laughs> and that's the problem, right? That's the problem. So just, and I think that's what what's, what's so beautiful about life is that every day we get the opportunity to try again i said to i said to um some of my business partners the other day i said i'm so tired of starting over i'm so tired of trying again every day but then it's like change i have to change my mentality and say i'm so thankful that i get the opportunity yes. to wake up and try again Not that, you know and just do it don't just try i get the opportunity to make it right to do it right this time today so like today i got up I sped Ronan his oatmeal. I did all my dishes. I cleaned my kitchen. I wasn't doing a lot of work, but I couldn't pour into that cup today. That's what <laughs> you gotta choose. You gotta choose. <laughs> That's right. And today I chose me in my, in my household. So I also went for my walk. I've been eating good today. I've been drinking my water. Like I've done all of the things on my little mental list that I know I need to do for myself. So today Celeste got... Like eighty percent. Go Celeste. And tomorrow I get to. I'm. I'm so thankful that tomorrow I get the opportunity to wake up and and attempt to give myself ninety percent. There you go. You Got to up it. So hopefully you all took uh copious notes because it was a lot. Um, and if you feeling empty, hopefully you find a way to kind of fill up. And now it is time for Ask PNP. If you would like to ask us a question to be featured on the podcast, you can send us an email to pretty, the letter N, purpose, duh, at gmail.com. You can slide in our DMs on Instagram at pretty, underscore, the letter N, underscore, purpose, duh. We are Pretty In Purpose podcast on Facebook. And if you would like Pretty In Purpose apparel, you can shop pretty, the letter N, purpose, shop.com. All right, so I have um, a question. I think it's a fun question. I saw a post on Instagram the other day, and it said five deadly terms used by a woman. Number one was "fine." This is the word women use to end an argument when she knows what? she is right and you need to stop talking. Number Ooh, two is do "a little snap." On that one, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Number Ooh, two is "nothing." Means something you should be worried about. Three is, go ahead. Do not confuse this with permission. It's a dare and don't even think about it. Um, Number four is, whatever. A woman's way of calling you an idiot. Number (laughs) five is, that's okay. She is thinking long and hard and how and when you will pay for your mistake. And then the bonus word is, wow, this is not a compliment. She is amazed that one person could be so clueless. So well, my question is, up. I've been cracking up the whole time. It sounds like somebody <laughs> tapped into my brain. Yes, and was Like, oh, this is the stuff that she's saying. This is what she really saying. Exactly. Because this is also true. So now the question is, are there any words that you all use that did not make the list or that's not on this list? That, that's my word. <laughs> that, that, or all right, cool. And what does that mean, Jess? Bet means you better watch out because I'm about to get you back. <laughs> Look, I'm looking on the comments and somebody did write "bet" as their word. <laughs> you did what? Bet. <laughs> yeah, mine is definitely. I mean, it's probably kind of, sort of in there somewhere, but mine is like, oh, why? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, why? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. That, yeah. Obviously, that's pertaining to my marriage. So, when if if he do something crazy or out the way, I be like. Oh, oh okay that means uh no it's not okay <laughs> I'm not cool with it and you better get yourself together get, get yourself in line right um I would also add like that's cool it's not it's not <laughs> but we'll oh that's cool like that's how we're gonna operate okay that's cool but why are we like this? Like why, are we like why are we sarcastic? Why can't we just say what we think or what we feel? Now I do understand and respect that everything does not require a response, right. and everything that comes to your brain does not need to come out of your mouth. So I do think those are like coping words. Like, all right, I agree. Before I, before I go in, I'm gonna just be like, all right, bet, and keep the rest to myself. You know, yeah. What I mean? yeah. And plus, they said women are so indirect anyway. And so now we've just found ways to shorten our indirect law. <laughs> is so Real passive aggressive. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> right, the other option is going to take me a couple of hours to get to <laughs> So I'm trying, I'm trying to work on this because I, I realized over these past couple of weeks that I do say that, and then I go do something to get the person back. So I realized that I've been doing that. And so I've been trying to talk through my issues and addressing my issues. You know, I'm reading this book, wherever it is. Yeah, um, you be reading all the books. <laughs> <laughs> you got to acknowledge, address it and heal. And so instead of saying bet, cause bet is allowing you to detach from it and not really experience what's going on and growing from it. It's allowing you to, you know, just kind of sweep it under the rug and do what you want to do. But I'm learning to address, acknowledge, and heal. Yes. It's so good that you mentioned like the books that you read, because when I was younger, my a, a relative of mine used to make smart comments like, oh, you need to read a self-help book. Like I needed to work on me and, you know, you need it. So I've always looked at that as a negative like mm. I need help. I need to read a book to tell me. Was how pouring to- into you from a dirty cup. Yes, the cup was raggedy and dirty. And so it's so funny that now at this age, I- I'm, I've am i had to change my way of thinking and realize that reading a self-help book is not ne- like not a bad thing. It's, it's actually a really good thing and can really take you to a whole nother level in your life. Yeah. It- I find them therapeutic. Yeah. And it's not, it's not taboo to be a better person. Absolutely. All right, y'all. So get y'all some self-help books. Tap into the Lord. Do some therapy if you need to. Take some you time. Um, All of those are different ways that you can fill up your cup, not relying on other people to do it because you never know how they are pouring into you. Um, So if you are going on a date soon like Jess, just ask the person, uh, what's in your cup and who them filled it? Because you want to make sure it's not spiked with nothing and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure it is filtered and nice and clean. <laughs> all right, y'all. So that is all that we have for today. Until next time. Thanks, PMP Posse.